if somebody will give me a two-minute warning uh, because I definitely want to be respectful of the time. Uh, and for this opportunity to be in the Lord's house, I look around and see some great preachers and, man, I know how a mule would feel at the Kentucky Derby. I know how that feels. Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Exodus chapter 17. Exodus chapter 17. I'm going to read verse 12. We're familiar with the scriptures this morning. Uh, all familiar with a man. Uh, although he is obscure to a lot of people and was in that day. Uh, out of millions of people. Uh, as it is estimated. Of the children of Israel that have left Egypt headed to the promised land, God chose a man to put him behind the scenes. Uh, didn't raise him up as a Moses, didn't raise him up as a Aaron, didn't raise him up as a Joshua, but I'm glad he raised him up as a her. Now, I want to say that her was a him, okay? We're in the day where there's a lot of hers that are hymns and hymns that are her. But her was a him, even though her was a her. All right. If you're as confused as I am, uh, yeah. So when I tell you this morning, I want to be a her. I don't want to be a her her. I want to be a her her. So we clear on that. Him is still a her, or her is still a him. It's sad the day we're living in. We've got to clarify that and make it even more confusing. Uh, but you know who I'm talking about this morning. There was a man that didn't do nothing but stand there. And boy, he done enough. Exodus chapter 17, the Bible tells us in verse 12, but Moses' hands were heavy. I'm going to say we get heavy at times. The ministry gets heavy. The responsibility gets heavy. The Bible says, and they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat thereon, and Aaron and Hur stayed up his hands. The one on the one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. And I just want to ask God to bless the reading of his word. Uh, this morning as only he can do. Now, we, we're familiar that uh, the children of Israel are headed to a place that God has prepared for them. We are familiar that uh, there's going to be some obstacles, and shortly after the journey begins, here comes trouble. Here comes problems. Amalek has waged a war that uh, they were seemingly unprepared for. It just come out of nowhere, and the major battles of life will always just come out of nowhere. We don't see them. But I'm thankful that God had already began to prepare some people for the battle, that God was not going to use this for defeat, but for advancement. Really, you'll find that what God is doing, He is revealing Himself to them in His power. I heard somebody say one time, and I believe that is well true, that before the problem ever come, God had already had the solution in mind. Now, we say that, but it's hard to believe it in the battle. But we see a battle that has ensued. 
And there's a man that is behind the scenes. And after it's all said and done, and while they don't even realize it when the battle is taking place because the focus is on the battle. But as they, as God has said, record it in a book. As God has said, make it permanent. And as they began to reflect on past victories, I believe that uh, they, they focus on a man by the name of her. And if there's a, a guiding thought this morning that just uh, something God impressed upon my heart as I was going through something not too long ago, I began to look back at where God has me now and the battles I had to, I had to face. And if I could go, and I hope the Lord would open some doors for me to go back to some people because I've got something that I want to tell them what I believe Moses and Aaron and Joshua said to her. I couldn't have made it without you. I couldn't have done it without you. As we look at this, we look at a man by her, and you'll find that he's just in a place. We find that he's in a position. God has not chosen him to lead God's people out of Egypt like he did Moses. He's not chosen uh, her to be an Aaron and be the mouthpiece or to be the high priest before the Lord. And God has not called him to be a Joshua that would eventually be the leader and the captain of the host. But God called him for really just one purpose, it seems like, because we don't read anything else much of her other than genealogy after this one account. It seems like God has just done one thing in her life, but I'm going to tell you it was a critical thing that he had done. The Bible tells us that he stood there all day long like this. He stood there in one place all day long. I'm going to tell you there's no greater joy than finding the place that God's got for you. There's no greater joy as a child of God than to be in the place that God has designed for you. As we look at his life, he's mentioned alongside uh, great men of God like Moses. Everybody's heard of Moses. And we've all heard of Aaron. And we've all heard of Joshua. But thank God for the hers in our life. His position, I'm going to tell you, was overshadowed by great men of God. His position uh, was not to serve out front. His position was to serve underneath somebody. His position was not one of fame and fortune, but it was one of obscurity. Too many people want to be out front, but the greatest servants of the Lord are those that are found underneath other people. I'm going to tell you, it's those people that we can't do without. It's those people within the church that the church cannot do without. The church was built and the church was founded on some hers. Some people that would just be willing to do whatever needed to be done just so the job got done. As we look at her and his position, God's gifted him uh, not as a leader, not as a, 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 a military, not spiritually, but God has gifted him. And boy, what God has done in the life of her. Do you realize had her not been in his position, the outcome of the battle could have been a lot different. 
As a matter of fact, everybody was looking at Moses. We know the story, how that there's a battle taking place in the valley, and that's where most battles take place. And there was a man that was in charge because he's already told Joshua to choose you some men. And he got, he got his men to go fight Amalek. And the Bible says that Moses went up on top of the mountain and he had something important in his hands and it was the rod of God. And I'm sure that Joshua knew that he had somebody praying for him. And he had somebody that was looking out spiritually for him. Because he's in the battle and his men are in the battle. He has chosen them, Joshua has said, I want you to come fight. And and really, if they die, it's on him. And the Bible says that Moses looks down. And we know that as Moses would lift up his hands, the battle would go toward Israel. But as Moses' hands would get heavy at times, and he would do what the flesh would require him to do, and that's to let them down. I don't care how spiritual you are, you're going to be let down. You're going down. You can't help it. And the Bible says that his hands would go down. The battle would sway in another direction. And the Bible says Aaron and her took a stone. And by the way, what a, what a position it is to serve next to an Aaron. On one hand, you've got a high priest. And on the other hand, you got a commoner. You know what that tells me? God can use the lowest of the low and the highest and the high and fill in the gap in between. There's not a person here this morning that God cannot use in a position for his work. I want to say this morning that Aaron and her got a stone, and I'm glad we've got a foundation this morning. Something solid that he sat down on. And I believe he had that rod in his hands and he didn't have to worry about letting them go down because there was a man on each side of Moses in his position doing what God has called him to do. I'm thankful for those that are in God's house that are just faithful where God's put them. They never get recognition. They never get an appreciation. They never get a pat on the back, but I'm going to tell you, without the hers, we couldn't have done it without them. Boy, we see his position. But not only is he in his position, there's a lot of people in position. But I want to tell you something, position without participation ain't nothing but membership. There's a lot of people in position without participating. Baptist churches are filled with it. I believe it was Billy Graham that said 80% of the work within a church is done by 20% of the people. And they're tired. And they're weary. And their hands are heavy. Oh, but thank God he participated in the battle. See, he wasn't in the battle. But without him, the battle would have been lost. Well, you think about the, the critical to success. Now, I know this is elementary, but they couldn't have done it. They couldn't have. Boy, we need some people. Boy, that God has raised up out of millions of people. Can you imagine if there's a reporter on the scene that day? 
And they're recording what's taking place. And they're talking about Moses. And they're talking about Aaron. And they're talking about Joshua. And then they would say, but there's her. And the majority of the people watching the television that day would say, who? If it's supposed that there's millions of people of the children of Israel, as it's assumed, out of millions, God has raised a her that nobody knows about to put him behind the scenes to determine the outcome of a battle. I'm just going to say, wait, and God used our gifts. God has gifted his people. If God's gifted you to sing, then you ought to sing. If God's gifted you to pray, you ought to pray. If God's gifted you to preach, you ought to preach. If God's gifted you to witness, you ought to witness. If God's gifted you to work, then you ought to work. And here's why. You ought to participate in the work because you don't know whose hands you're lifting up. I can't tell you the times that I have walked into a church heavy-hearted and weary and didn't want to be there and some old saint of God just come by. And before long, I'm ready to preach and I was ready to quit. And they don't know the prayer that they prayed touched my heart. Son, as my hands was going down, there was a her that prayed or there was a her that sang or there was a her that encouraged and before the day was over, my hands were up. Thank God for the hers. I couldn't have done it without them. You never know who you're holding up. And by the way, the battle this day was bigger than Moses. And it was bigger than Joshua. And it was bigger than Aaron. And it was bigger than her. And it's bigger than us. Boy, he participated. His hands were up and they won. And they're down and they get beat. We find that that people that we can't do without are in a position, but they're participating. But you'll find they're persistent. There's just some people you can always count on. There's some people, if they show up on a Wednesday night, I'm shocked. And they some people, if they show up on a Wednesday, or they don't show up on a Wednesday night, I'm calling to see what's wrong. Boy, old her was persistent. Can you imagine? By the way, if you think this was an easy task, you stand here and hold something in your hand all day. One of the worst things is I get older. If I'm moving, I'm fine. But when I stop, I'm out. I can't stand still. I can't stand in one place. My knees won't let me. But old Aaron and her stood right here all day long because they saw something. They saw the importance of the battle. Boy, if you don't think your persistence is needed in these days, let me remind you that in that valley and in that battle, when the hands are going down, The potential for uh, defeat and death is there. Oh, her knew his his position. 
And he knew he had to do it. And he knew that he had to be persistent. Because somebody's son was in that valley. And somebody's husband was in that valley. And somebody's brother was in that valley. And somebody's family member was in that valley. And somebody's friend was in that valley. And somebody's countryman was in that valley. And somebody had to hold them up. You talk about a matter of life and death. Friend, we may not lose physically, but there's a spiritual battle that's death between heaven and hell. Don't don't ever underestimate the importance of the battle. But he was persistent. How do you know he was persistent? The Bible tells us in verse 12, until the going down of the sun. Now, you know that they didn't fight at night. When When it got dark, they just quit. And if it wasn't over, we'll pick it up tomorrow. You know what that tells me? That her stood there till the battle was over. He stood there till the battle was over. Boy, but you think about the prosperity. Because the Bible says in verse 13, And Joshua discomfited Amalek. You know what that means? They won. Hashtag North Mississippi Baptist Bible Institute. That's what it means. I learned that. They won. Why did they win? Because of her. Because of her. Standing there doing something as seemingly meaningless as holding up a man's arm. Boy, you think about that prosperity. Her was in a place. I imagine the victory celebration, the victory parade going back into the camp. And I don't know that it happened this way, Brother Kevin, but this is just the way I picture it. I picture it because I know what, what it's like nowadays. It's this right here. They're going into camp led by Moses. Up and down Main Street a victory celebration, and here comes Moses, and everybody's thanking Moses. What a great leader. They're thanking Aaron. Thank you for praying. Thank you for standing in the gap. Boy, they're thanking Joshua. Thank you for being on the front lines and his soldiers. And I don't know. I can't prove it. You can't either, so we'll just have to agree to disagree. I believe here comes her dragging up the, just walking in. Just walking behind. Nobody in that village, nobody in that camp, knowing the sacrifice that he had just made that day. I remember sitting on the, am, am I okay on time? Brother? I remember sitting on the bed of my tailgate one day, Brother Kevin, down at Hazel. We was about 100 yards off the road, and I was sitting on the bed of my tailgate watching people go up and down the road. And I was going through a, a, a valley. I was in a battle. I'm tell you, not only was my hands heavy, but my heart was heavy and my mind was heavy and my eyes were heavy. My head, I mean, I'm t- everything about me was heavy. 
people going up and down the road, church members honking the horn, waving. They didn't know I was sitting there crying. And I just decided I'd go to the mailbox and, man, open that mailbox and here's a card. You know who that card was from? Her. Her. Her sent me a card. Miss Fanny Merle Clark said, Preacher, I just want you to know I love you. Appreciate everything that you're doing, and I'm praying for you. Son, I was ready to go preach because I got a card from her. Oh, I couldn't have made it without her. I don't tell her enough, but I've got a her at home, a real her, a her her. Not a him her, but a her her. And I'm sitting there on the side of the bed. I I told her, I said, I'm just ready to quit. I said, this ain't been too long ago. I said, I'm ready to quit because everything I'm doing ain't working. And I'm ready to quit. In her great spiritual compassion, she said, you better not. She said, because he didn't quit on you, and you ain't quitting on him. She said, and I love you. And I'm going to tell you, breaks my heart every time. She don't know. Numerous times a day, just want you to know I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. In for you. Son, they somebody holding my hands up. Because if I quit, they some people in the valley that might die. I couldn't have done it without you. Brother, I couldn't have done it without you. Don, I couldn't have done it without you. Brother Jay, couldn't have done it without you. You don't know who you're a her to, whose hand you're holding up, Brother Kim.